Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy. My sweet, sweet shark has made her way all the way to Seattle, so I am looking forward to hopefully recording an episode with the salty shark at some point just for us to be able to reconnect and probably say hilarious and awkward things to each other. But my co-pilot for the day is my dog Jojo. She is currently snoring and having puppy dreams on the floor next to me in case you hear the distinct snoring sound in the background. I know that I said I wasn't going to be reading any more books, but sometimes in my woo-woo universe handing me messages, God sending me messages kind of way, sometimes a book comes in and you just accept it and enjoy it. I feel that this summer has been very blotchy. I don't feel like I really accomplished anything very well in any direction. The idea that I could work in every direction at once has proven to be wrong. I am instead just exhausted and having a hard time buttoning my pants because I've been eating so much delicious bread. (laughs) It just hasn't been a very productive summer for me. Not what I thought it was going to be. I have still worked through and done a lot of minimalization. I've sold a ton of stuff. I have donated a ton of stuff. But it just, I don't know. I think I thought I could like wave a magic wand and change who I was. And about a week and a half ago, my yoga instructor, who is also a shaman, had done a star chart for me for my date of birth and where I was born. And she gave it to me, and it was a handwritten, almost four pages bit of information that was all about me. And I have really struggled with self-acceptance, I would say, forever. But when I read this sheet, everything that was on there was painfully true. And... I faced the reality that maybe I just am who I am and I'm allowed to make changes in my life. I'm not tied down to that, but it's okay to just love yourself and still work your ass off to be something amazing. I don't know if I've ever really had quite that level of self-acceptance, but I felt like I almost didn't have a choice anymore. I felt like, this is what you got, girl. This is what you've had from day one. This is who you have been. And things have happened, and you have coped with them, and you've done some bizarre stuff. But you are who you are. So what are you going to do with that? So that kind of message has been playing round and round in the back of my mind. And at the same time, I went over and had a lovely evening with my jiu-jitsu friend and training partner, and she handed me a copy of a book called The Four Agreements and said, you need to read this book, which is a book that I have seen all over social media for the past five years. I've had so many people recommend it to me, but it's not a book I'd ever read. I 
have no excuses really. It just was like, well, I've got these other five books sitting on my nightstand, so I'm going to read those first. And I didn't have a copy of the book, so it wasn't really pressing for me to read it. But when she handed it to me, and she gave me this knowing smile and said, you read this book. I said, yes, I will. <laughs> and it just blew me away. I, I knew I was not in a place to receive this information any sooner because of the woo-woo. But I almost wish I had had it sooner. I wish that I had more knowledge when I was younger and I guess that I'm coming into a place where I'm really hoping that I can pass some amazing things on to my kids if I haven't already royally fucked them up. So the four agreements is the idea that when things happen to you in your life that you make agreements with them. And the big thing is that we become these like domesticated animals. So when you see a toddler and they're running free and they're doing what they want and they say no to what they don't want and sometimes what they do want. And that's kind of this open heart living that we start off with. And then as time goes on, we get rewarded for following the appropriate rules that are set forth by society and by our family and by our schools and by our churches and we are reprimanded for things that are not appropriate in those settings. So we learn the agreements and we form the agreements with all these different things in our life because basically we're choosing to follow the expectations. And when I was first reading this, there's a story in the book about a young girl who's just singing at the top of her lungs and her mom is exhausted and has a pounding headache and just screams at her, just stop singing and you have a horrible voice and don't sing anymore. And the little girl becomes the kind of person who can't speak up for herself. She doesn't talk, she doesn't sing. She makes an agreement with herself that she does have an ugly voice and that she should not open up. And that struck home quite a bit. I try to be a very patient parent, but I'm not perfect. And I thought a lot about different situations where I've just been burnt out, exhausted, hot, because it's the middle of the summer in the desert, and how I've reacted to kids being kids. And it made me just take a good pause to ponder my life. I remember being a kiddo and my sister and I had these paper dolls that we would play with and we had a love. Well, I'm I'm not going to say we because I don't know if she actually loves him or if she just got kind of forced into this love, but I had a love for Elvis Presley and I was singing Elvis Presley with my little paper doll and my dad's voice just bellows, cuts through to just shut up. And I remember shutting down with that incident. I remember feeling ashamed. And I'm thinking back because it's been brought to my attention that I don't show a lot of joy in my life. Not just from my family at home, but from my extended family as well. That... 
I just don't get real excited or joyful. And I think back about a few different times in my childhood and in my life and when I would get emotional or the feelings would start to bubble up that I was always just told to repress the shit out of them. And feelings don't feel safe to me as an adult woman now. So me working through that is my favorite pastime, of course, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. But reading this book and hearing about this little girl and thinking about my own stuff, I was like, parents do that all the time. Teachers do that all the time. Adults do that all the time. And kids of a certain age, you start doing that to each other. You just cut each other down with your words so sharply. And we gossip about each other and all these other little things. And we don't think about the weight and the worth of our words as they're coming out of our mouth. So the first agreement is to be impeccable with your words, to speak with integrity. And I would agree that that is the most important of the four agreements. And I would agree that so far it has been the most challenging. I didn't realize how default mode my mouth was, particularly as a mom during the summer. But I have kind of reverted back to uh, choosing to be quieter and falling on some of the other agreements when I'm listening. Because I think the mouth can be attached to some of these other things. (laughs) The second agreement is to not take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. And I definitely think that the mouth is attached to that one because we take everything personally. We love to be the judge and the victim of our lives and to just make everything about us. And when somebody says something, we like to open up a wound and assume that they meant the worst. Which, by the way, the third agreement is to not make assumptions. So we spend our time taking everything personally and making assumptions about other people that we don't even really know. And consciously making the choice to change the way that I was reacting in those situations has given me a lot more control of my mouth. The final of the four agreements is to always do your best. This one has been in some ways the easiest because it leaves room for failure. It leaves room for acceptance. You just always do your best. Anything I'm doing, I just... Back of my brain mantra is always do your best now. I brought up a huge load of laundry yesterday and I carried it upstairs and I started to get like down on myself like, ugh, laundry, it never ends. And I was like, well, always do your best. Magically, it was folded and put away within 10 minutes. I will give a lot of credit on that note to watching and or reading The Magical Art of Tidying Up because I'm an amazing folder now, but... (laughs) When push comes to shove, when I just remind myself to do my best, 
I'm pretty much always satisfied with the result. One of the big things that I also took from the book was when they say don't take anything personally. Man, I struggle with that. I, as you know, recently cleaned out my social media of a lot of friends that I'm going to say more of acquaintances slash internet friends. There were people that were in my life over a decade ago who were still on Facebook that I hadn't talked to, that hadn't talked to me. And I thought, you know, it's okay to let people go too. You were not meant to have this many relationships going in your life. But I didn't unfriend people to attack them. And so recently when I experienced some of the other side of that, I first of all did not take it personally and then I took it very personally. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out why it was so difficult to just kind of detach from that and not take it so personally. And then I read the other side of that coin. So if somebody was to praise me for... I don't know, let's say a submission at jiu-jitsu. Wow, you did really well with that. And I would just come alive, be all aflutter and so excited and just really get like, ooh, yeah, and I'm going to be a blue belt soon because I'm so good. Like I would just fly high on that. And the comment that he made in the book was, don't take that personally either. Don't take anything that's coming from the outside personal. And once I read that and started applying it to my life, I found both to calm down. It's much more even now. I don't get overly excited if somebody offers me a praise, a humbly thank you, but that's pretty much it. And on the flip side of that, when I feel like I could take something personally as an attack, it's pretty much just okay, that's that's you, and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to take it personally. I've never had that kind of freedom from other people. There's a couple of different ways that you can go about applying the four agreements, which if you are interested in reading the book and you haven't, you've been living under a rock like me, then I personally am going for the later option. There's one where you kind of work through your stuff bit by bit and work to replace your old agreements from your childhood with the new four agreements that you now have. And the other option is that you face death. That might sound a little bit morbid, but I've been thinking a lot about life and death cycles because yoga is thought to be like that where you are learning how to let things go with death. And the idea that you might die today, so do your best. Don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally. Be impeccable in your word. You might die today. So I'm on about day three of you could die today. And I have never had more contentment in my heart. I have never been more at peace with my behavior, with my actions. It has been 
such a transformation for me. Not perfect by any means. Thankfully, basic, the book says just start new every day and do your best. You're going to fail. You're going to take things personally. You're going to gossip. You're going to get caught up in stuff. But then remember to do your best and fix it. So I do have some books going again on the audiobook collection, but I'm not really feeling overly pressured to get them done. One is the Yamas and Niyamas of yoga, like just some casual spiritual readings, nothing crazy. Um, I'm listening to Boundaries again, but I'm also spending a lot of time listening to audio versions of yoga classes so that I'm just seeping myself in the words of yoga and preparing for my final practicum. I feel that a 200 yoga hour yoga teacher training, hour yoga teacher training, sorry, (laughs) is barely scratching the surface on yoga. But I have a daily practice now, which is something I never thought I would have. And I find myself content in life in a different way. I've had some really hard conversations over the past few weeks. I've experienced different kinds of loss and discovered some pretty bizarre things about myself and about how much I really do love to make assumptions and about how much work I still have to do on accepting myself. But feels like everything happens exactly on time kind of a space right now. I feel very connected with what's happening right now and I feel like, oh, so this is what life is supposed to be like. (laughs) Part of that is probably because I'm on social media a lot less, so I am actually living a real life now instead of just scrolling my phone endlessly or watching TV endlessly. So I know a while back I was saying I was going to set intentions for the podcasts, and I have been to a few yoga classes where they set intentions for you or gave you suggestions of intentions to set and things like that. And I still like the idea of setting intentions, but I only have one intention that I set now, and that is to do your best. All right, that's a wrap up on this week's podcast. Thank you again for listening. We have reached over 3,000 listens on Optimistically Salty. If you would like to send me a message or have any questions, you can reach me on Instagram. The new name under Tracy Night Night Thompson. If you missed that podcast episode, let's just say somebody went night night at jujitsu. So, continue to follow along. I will be back in a few weeks once I finish my yoga teacher certification and my kiddos are back to their regularly scheduled program. Have an amazing 4th of July, everyone. Bye.